Chapter 16 of Vietnam the Advisory Years to 1965 by Robert Futrell and Martin Blumenson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 16 Collapse of the DM Government At the Secretary of Defense Conference in Honolulu on May 6, 1963, the participants discussed the tensions between the American and Vietnamese governments. Ambassador Nolting labeled American-Vietnamese relations as somewhat less than good. President Diem was intimating that the United States was infringing on Vietnamese sovereignty. Nu, his brother and counselor, was suggesting that the American advisory effort was appearing to tamper with Diem's political base. Both were suspicious of the strength of the American commitment and the thrust of U.S. policy. Nevertheless, Nolting said, New was efficient and continues to accumulate power. Despite causes for concern, the country team is of the unanimous opinion that the current leadership is the best the U.S. can get. It is sincere, albeit not particularly adept, but it is better than most in Southeast Asia. Two days later in Saigon, demonstrators celebrating Buddha's birthday paraded with religious flags, banners, and devotional images. The procession violated the 1950 ordinance forbidding the flying of any flag in public without the national emblem beside it. A monk delivered a sermon protesting the DM government's discrimination against Buddhists. When Civil Guard troops moved to break up the rally, an explosion killed several persons, including children. In a communique to the press, Buddhist leaders demanded that the government admit responsibility for the loss of life, rescind the flag regulation, and give Buddhists equality with Catholics. Some eight million Vietnamese were Buddhists, as compared with one in one-half million Christians. Diem Nhu and his families had connections with French missionaries who represented the old order. When a Washington newspaper published an anti-American statement attributed to Nigo Den Nhu, Representative Otto Passman, chairman of the Subcommittee on Appropriations, vented his indignation to Defense Secretary McNamara. Certainly, Passman said, the DM government ought to be made to understand that the American people have no interest in propping up an unpopular regime if it is more concerned with the pursuit of personal aims than with the protection of the country from communism. In embarrassed President Kennedy told newsmen that he hoped to withdraw some Americans by the end of the year. Diem, meanwhile, offered no redress to a Buddhist delegation, but promised to investigate the parade incident, which he believed had political rather than religious roots. Dissatisfied, Buddhists demonstrated early in June in Wei. Several deaths resulted, and disorders spread to Quang Tri and Nuang Trang. While the Defense Department ordered U.S. aircraft not to transport Vietnamese troops on anti-Buddhist missions, and while General Harkins instructed Americans to stand aloof from the controversy, Diem acknowledged various errors by his officials. In Saigon on June 11th, an aged Buddhist monk burned himself alive in public. Three days later, a New York newspaper carried a Washington correspondent's story that the United States would condemn Diem if he failed to settle the Buddhist grievances. The Vietnamese foreign minister told William C. Truhart, in charge of the embassy during Nolting's temporary absence, 
that he was deeply distressed and angry over the news report. Trueheart then asked and received permission to publicly reaffirm U.S. support of Diem. Within a few days, the government acceded to most of the Buddhist demands, but refused to accept responsibility for the deaths in Wei. Buddhists demonstrated again on July 16. Crowds of monks and nuns milled in front of Nolting's residence in Saigon, calling on the United States to compel the Diem government to keep its promises. Violence erupted on the following day. The U.S. Air Attaché in Saigon, Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. F. Tyrell, informed the Defense Intelligence Agency that the Buddhist situation was causing continuing animosity between the government and the armed forces, and is spreading to all segments of the population. It is now common to hear Vietnamese discuss the possible overthrow of the present government. At a dinner party on July 17th, Major General Duong Van Minh, Diem's military advisor, stated that the present government cannot continue. There was speculation that Minh, or Major General Tron Van Don, Chief of Staff of the Joint General Staff, might head a coup. We cannot determine if a coup is imminent, Terrell concluded, but all the elements are present, and it appears to us to be only a matter of timing. A radio address by Diem on July 19 seemed cold to American observers, and Madame Nguyen was said to have termed the Buddhist suicide a barbecue. Admiral Felt, Sinkpak, estimated, in view of the widespread distrust and hatred of the news, man and wife, far overshadowing the popular consensus to Diem himself, it seems most likely that the news would be a primary target for any serious coup group. The government's failure or unwillingness to handle properly the Buddhist demonstrations made a coup more likely if the Diem government fails to accomplish reasonable and acceptable concessions to the Buddhist, or if the Buddhist contagion, fanned by political opportunists and the VC, spreads into the countryside to the extent that it adversely affects the progress of war. President Kennedy had meanwhile announced on June 27th that Henry Cabot Lodge, a major political figure, would secede Ambassador Nolting, a career civil servant. Preparing for his new post, Lodge had a long talk in Washington with a distinguished Vietnamese, who said that unless they left the country, no power on earth could prevent the assassination of Mr. Diem, his brother Mr. Nguyen, and Mr. Nguyen's wife. Their deaths were inevitable. Over August 14 through 16, several more immolations took place as expressions of discontent. Madame Nguyen favored ignoring the burnings and charged the U.S. Embassy with pressuring the Diem government to silence her. To General Anthus, 2nd Air Division commander, Diem was fairly well liked by his people, even though he had not developed all the reforms they desired and the United States wished. In contrast, Anthus deemed the news not too popular. Informed people in Saigon expected sweeping changes from Ambassador Lodge, who appeared to be pro-counsel for President Kennedy. Perhaps to clear the decks before Lodge's arrival, Diem held an emergency meeting with the Joint General Staff on August 20th. He appointed Tran Van Don, the Armed Forces Chief of Staff, and Nu invited the senior generals to sign a paper calling upon the government to seize and silence the Buddhist leaders. At midnight, Diem declared martial law in a state of siege. Under nominal army authority, the Vietnamese special forces and police stormed Buddhist pagodas in Saigon and Hue before dawn. 
they rounded up monks nuns and students but the buddhist leaders escaped and took refuge in the u s embassy the pagoda raid strengthened those officials in washington who had always questioned the fitness of diem and his family to govern on august twenty first under secretary of state george w ball released an official statement that the united states deplored the repressive actions against the buddhists ambassador lodge reached saigon on august twenty second he found embassy officials thinking that the vietnamese generals could depose diem but general don told general harkins that they were too weak to do so the generals wanted to end martial law quickly to have the united states support diem while forcing him to clean house and showing him how to delegate authority and possibly to create an interim cabinet of officers and civilians on august twenty fourth ball harriman hillsman and forrestal drafted and cleared with the president by phone a message of instructions to lodge the united states could no longer tolerate the systematic suppression of the buddhists or news domination of the government we wish to give diem reasonable opportunity to remove news but if he remains obdurate then we are prepared to accept the obvious implication that we can no longer support diem lodge was to tell the vietnamese generals that the united states would renounce diem unless he righted the buddhist wrongs and formed a more responsive and representative government the united states would take no part in any ouster but would recognize an interim anti-communist military regime as the successor to the diem government on the twenty sixth a voice of america broadcast in vietnamese said that high american officials blamed nu for the pagoda attacks and the mass arrests of monks and students the united states it continued might sharply curtail aid unless president diem rid himself of certain associates the joint general staff refuted the broadcast on the following day responsible military commanders the press communique announced had unanimously proposed martial law and related measures to diem ambassador lodge became convinced during his first week in saigon that the diem government was dying the abuse of police power having caused deep resentments among the vietnamese the buddhist immolations had also turned the american people and government against diem secretary of state rusk told nolting when he returned to washington we can't stand any more burning rusk said at a national security council discussion nolting made the point that refusal to support diem and new would renege on past commitments ball argued that continued support for them risked losing the war against the Viet Cong. moreover diem and new had massively violated their promises harriman felt that nolting had been profoundly wrong for quite some time replying to the cabled instructions ambassador lodge suggested telling the generals hostile to diem that the united states had grave reservations about the news the state department approved on august twenty eighth and commented that the news would have to go and a coup would be needed lodge responded on the twenty ninth we are launched on a course from which there is no respectable turning back the overthrow of the diem government president kennedy weighed this appraisal then ordered lodge and harkins to support a coup if it had a good chance of success but to avoid any direct american involvement he authorized them to suspend u s air support to the diem government whenever they wished also on the twenty ninth secretary of state rusk permitted lodge to explore harkin's suggestion that a threat to withdraw u s assistance might well force diem to drop the news 
This seemed to Lodge to cancel the earlier instrumentations to make detailed plans as to how we might bring about Diem's replacement. He now understood the president to want him not to help plan a coup, but rather to keep in close touch with plotters so he could let Kennedy know of developments that might need American decisions. Looking for the imminent overthrow of the government, Lodge stopped seeing Diem and Newell. By August 29th, Sinkpack alerted two Marine Corps battalions for possible commitment and moved naval task forces and air transports to within supporting distance. Plans were set for the air evacuation from Saigon of 1,574 U.S. dependents, 1,102 civilian employees, 981 U.S.-sponsored aliens, 25 tourists, and 17 alien dependents, and from Wei, another 157 persons. Cambodia broke diplomatic relations with Vietnam on August 27th, citing border violations and ill treatment of Buddhists. Two days later, Charles de Gaulle offered his good offices to restore peace and harmony in Indochina by reunifying North and South Vietnam in independence and neutrality. At the request of Asian and African members, Yu Thant, United States Secretary General, wrote on August 31st to SDM to ensure the exercise of fundamental human rights to all sections of the population. On that day, Chiang Kai-shek talked at length with General Jacob E. Smart, Pacific Air Force commander. Chiang said it was essential to win the war because Asian states were closely watching the United States and Vietnam. In Thailand, influential figures told Smart that some officials doubted if the United States could be depended upon in a crisis. In a national television address on September 2nd, Kennedy said that the government of Vietnam could win the war only if it had popular support. In his opinion, the government was out of touch with the people. The Buddhist repressions had been unwise. Could the government regain the affection of the people? With changes in policy and perhaps with personnel, the president said, I think it can. If it doesn't make those changes, I would think that the chances of winning would not be very good. De Gaulle's scheme to unify and neutralize Vietnam led Ngo Dinh Nhu to admit having contacted leaders of the National Liberation Front of South Vietnam. Apparently, he was also in touch with Hanoi. On September 2nd, he told Lodge of his talk with a Polish member of the International Control Commission. The Pole had sought Nhu's reaction to De Gaulle's proposal so that he could forward it to the North Vietnamese foreign minister. Many top-level Vietnamese officers were convinced that Nhu would make a deal with Hanoi if he felt it to be in his best interest. Diem answered Yu Thant's letter on September 5th. He stressed his government's action to free the Buddhist hierarchy from political agitation and propaganda, which benefited foreign interests and harmed the Buddhist religion and the Vietnamese state. He invited Yu Thant to send a fact-finding mission to Vietnam. When a United Nations group visited, it reached no conclusions. Nevertheless, the Costa Rican member said that he personally had found no religious discrimination or persecution. He believed that the troubles were political and involved but a small part of the Buddhist community. On 8 September, General Smart radioed General LeMay. My own feeling is that if we intend to remain committed in Vietnam, and I believe that it is strongly in the national interest that we do so, then we must support Diem, whether we like him or his family is not germane. 
my conclusion is that we must stick with diem and that we must quickly demonstrate this by positive action even though we may have to pay some price in terms of embarrassment we are probably going to have to swallow the fact that diem will not exile his brother and from my discussions i am not at all convinced that this should be our objective i get the distinct impression from vietnamese that he is valuable and important to diem just as diem is important to the nation unlike nolting who had used the country team to secure policy consensus lodge was ordered by kennedy to guard closely the cables they exchanged keeping even harkins in the dark he thus appeared to be running the u s mission as a one-man operation conducted in total secrecy general smart noted the american team left me with the impression of a divided house in divergent directions opinions about diem as observed by smart range from the view held by john h richardson cia station chief that diem could be supported and knew was useful to the view that the diem government must go no matter what took its place reports to washington from the embassy mac v and the air attache differed markedly joseph a mendenhall of the state department and major general victor h krulak of the marine corps visited the country together to determine vietnamese attitudes toward diem's government after hearing their disparate findings president kennedy asked whether they had visited the same country suspending u s a to pressure diem as lodge now suggested seemed to secretaries ruskin mcnamara to threaten the war effort president kennedy inclined to agree on september twenty first he again sent mcnamara and general taylor j s c chairman since october nineteen sixty two to gather information and to encourage diem to solve his problems lodge in his briefing was pessimistic about the survival of the diem regime but other observations led mcnamara and taylor to conclude that the diem government was consolidating its control throughout the country and that the military effort still had momentum some military men were hostile toward the government but they were more hostile toward the Viet Cong. Reluctant to cut off economic aid, McNamara wanted more potent military action against the insurgents. More dangerous than the political ferment in Vietnam was the rising dissent among Americans at home. A need existed to build a case to be put to the people and Congress, to submit their confidence in the Kennedy administration and its handling of the war consequently mcnamara emphasized to diem that he must conduct his military and political affairs in a way that would win the support of the american people finally mcnamara and taylor were convinced that the war could be favorably ended in nineteen sixty five with the insurgency then shrinking to sporadic banditry in outlying areas they accordingly announced that as scheduled there would be one thousand fewer u s military advisers by the close of 1963. On October 2nd, subsequent to a National Security Council discussion of the McNamara-Taylor report and Lodge's recommendations, President Kennedy approved the following policy statement. Since the military program in Vietnam was sound in principle and progressing, the United States would go on working with the Vietnamese people and their government. The goal would be to deny the country to communism, and to suppress the externally stimulated and supported Viet Cong insurgency. Furthermore, the United States had made 
clear its continued opposition to any repressive actions in south vietnam while such actions have not yet significantly affected the military effort they could do so in the future events in saigon were far from reassuring on october third vietnamese plainclothesmen assaulted american newsmen and lodge protested the next day a buddhist monk burned himself the sixth and most publicized case on october sixteenth the senate foreign relations committee approved an amendment to the foreign aid authorization bill it empowered the president to extend to vietnam assistance designed purely to further the objectives of victory in the war against communism and the return to their homeland of americans involved in the struggle new on the seventeenth declared to the press that he failed to understand why the united states had initiated a process of disintegration in vietnam he accused the cia of inciting a coup against the government five days later the united states announced the end of support to the vietnamese forces unless they were shifted from police duties to field operations or related training programs at this point a major plot against diem was hatching under the leadership of generals duong von min tran von don and lee von kim they represented a coalition of older men who wanted a neutralist solution to the war and of younger men who sought a military victory and felt sure that they could secure it with the promise of cooperation from the first second and third corps commanders the coalition resolved to remove the fourth corps commander who was also military governor of saigon and loyal to diem although american officials took care to avoid any part in the coup some u s military circles received persistent reports that a conspiracy was afoot on october twenty eighth the joint chiefs directed Sinkpak to sail a naval task force to positions off vietnam and that same day three u s air force f one o two jet interceptors flew to tan sun nut general harkins was taken aback when told of these moves he had no idea that diem's overthrow was near on the morning of november first the conspirators gathered in the joint chief staff compound and began to bring troops into saigon general don announced that a coup had begun and in the afternoon american c i a personnel were informed troops with red neckerchiefs poured into saigon from the north by mid-afternoon they captured and imprisoned all vietnamese special forces in the city who were loyal to Niu. the rebellion ran with precision troops took over key installations and surrounded diem and nu in the palace four a one h's and two t twenty eights made gun and rocket strikes against the presidential compound efforts of the fourth corps commander to march troops to the capital fizzled that evening diem and nu escaped from the palace through an underground passage on the following day they surrendered they were assassinated while being taken to the joint general staff complex as the fighting in saigon ceased on november second a military revolutionary council of twenty-four generals and colonels under under generals dong von ming and tran von don became the provisional government besides dissolving the national assembly it suspended the nineteen fifty six constitution and decreed an interim one the united states recognized the new government on november the eighth judging that the council was united and set on stepping up the war 
ambassador lodge proposed that the united states not press for instant political reforms the generals had agreed to pursue the strategic hamlet program now called fortified hamlets and to consolidate and upgrade their defenses they spoke of massing all military paramilitary and civilian forces for an all-out campaign against the communist threat in addition they recognized the joint general staff despite their designs major tasks remained stalled wholesale purchase and transfers sowed concern there was little military movement north vietnam exploited at once the confusion created by the coup Viet Cong attacks rose because the vietnamese air force was temporarily on coup duty united states air force crews shouldered the bulk of the operational load on the night of november first for example the mere appearance of flare ships caused the Viet Cong to break off attacks on eight outposts over the following week the guerrillas assaulted seventy-one outposts and hamlets enemy pressure prompted a total of two hundred and eighty-four flare and two hundred and ninety-eight strike sorties in november the insurgents nevertheless inflicted about twenty-eight hundred casualties that month demoralizing the civil guard and self-defense corps though Viet Cong losses were put at twenty nine hundred for the period government forces lost nearly three weapons for every one they captured president kennedy on november fourteenth announced that rusk and mcnamara were going to honolulu for a meeting on the twentieth its purpose was to size up the situation and to find out how to intensify the struggle and to end the american involvement now the president said this is our objective to bring americans home permit the south vietnamese to maintain themselves as a free and independent country and permit democratic forces within the country to operate among the impressive group at the meeting in honolulu were secretaries rusk and mcnamara ambassador lodge presidential aide mcgeorge bundy cia director john a mccone jcs chairman taylor admiral felt and general smart harkins and anthus secretary mcnamara remarked that a certain euphoria had set in since the coup but actually the generals had a very fragile government rusk asked whether an increase in dollars would make a difference in shortening the war lodge said he thought the vietnamese had enough dollars what they needed was greater motivation mcnamara argued that more funds would help despite continuing difficulties the conferees resolved to adhere to present plans the united states would hurry the growth of vietnamese military power and pair u s personnel in vietnam the much publicized withdrawal of one thousand americans would therefore proceed as scheduled the first three hundred departed on december third the rest ten days later but the assassination of president kennedy on november nineteen sixty three signaled the end of an error and the accession of lyndon b johnson to the presidency marked the beginning of another end of chapter sixteen